Hey, Sarah Beth. Hey, Carrie. What's the worst thing in the world? Running out of chocolate. Uh, okay, what's the second worst thing in the world? Oh, running out of sweet romance books. That's right. Welcome to the Sweet Romance Podcast. I'm Carrie Monet. And I'm Sarah Beth Schneider. We are here to bring you the best of clean and wholesome romance so you never run out of great books to read. Can't help you with the chocolate, though. We just read Strawberry Fields for Never by Kate Watson, and we are so excited to discuss this book today. This has been such a fun story with a lot of depth. I am now hooked on these books and can't wait to read the next one. Which, thankfully, it's already out, so you don't even have to wait. Exactly. Um, Strawberry Fields for Never is an enemies to lover story about Jane, who is the CEO of this incredible PR marketing company called Jane and Company, Jane and Co. It is so fun because all of the team at Jane and Company have Jane in their name. Anyway, Jane arrives at Sugar Maple Farms in Orchard in South Carolina, ready to start rebranding, only to find that the man who hired her has passed away, leaving his stubborn and attractive grandson Trip in charge. I think we can all see where this is going. The book follows Jane and Trip as they work together and find their place. It really was so fun to spend some time at this southern farm and to witness Jane's and Trip's journeys of growth and self-discovery. So to kick things off, we have to start with who we would cast in the movie version of this book. Mm-hmm. I actually texted you yesterday because I was so excited about my ideas. <laughs> And you guys, this is not something that either of us, Sarah Beth and I both, like, we are both not movie people. So we kind of have to research this every time. It's so true. I literally Google actors yeah. <laughs> in 2024. Yeah. You're like, oh, I have but seen a few movies. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. So I thought a perfect person to play Jane would be Margot Robbie. <gasps> Oh my gosh, yes. Right? Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And that is why you're wearing pink today for folks who can't see Sarah Beth, (laughs) which is everybody. She's wearing Barbie pink today. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, because Jane is like drop dead gorgeous, you know, to the point Mm -hmm. that in the book people keep thinking she's only made it so far because of her looks. And I feel like Margot is like so stunning Mm. that. I mean, you'd have to take notice of her. So I feel like Jane and Margot, you know, that could be a good match. Okay. Who do you have as our leading man? And so Trip, they kept making, Kate Watson in the book kept referencing Reacher, which uh-huh. not my normal, you know, television show. Also, I know it's a book series, but my husband happens to love the show and I'm usually working on my laptop while he's watching it. So I had to, of course, think of the guy who plays Reacher, whose name I had looked up is Alan Richson. But I also kind of envisioned him as just like a bigger Chad Michael Murray. (laughs) Okay, now I do not know either of those guys. So (gasps) folks in the audience. Chad Michael Murray! Who's he? He was like big in the early 2000s, basically my childhood dream crush. You know, if you ever saw that movie, A Cinderella Story with Hilary Duff, he was the love interest quarterback of the football team. Um He's been in a ton of things. You'll, you'll I, recognize him when you see him. I know. I'm going to look at him up and feel silly. Okay. Well, I I was figuring we'd be going in a Jack Reacher. I like that mm-hmm. authors now are kind of allowed to just be like, this is the person. This is the person yeah. you should be envisioning. 
Okay. And did you have any other picks for yeah, some of the so, side characters? Mm-hmm. For Anita, I was just thinking of Chessie from The Parent Trap, you know, the housekeeper in the Napa Valley house with the dad from The Parent Trap. Is this the original Parent mm-hmm. Trap? No, no, no. Lindsay Lohan version. Sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm throwing out old names here that, yeah. Not, and then yeah. For, yeah, not contemporary. Neither of those are contemporary. But for Lottie, the young three-year-old, I had to cast my own three-year-old who has these huge oh expressive blue gosh. eyes yes. and strawberry blonde hair. She's just adorable and also a big stinker, kind of like Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. It's an age thing. Um, Lottie yes. kind of runs the show in this book. And Seriously. it's one of the best things. Like, it's just really enjoyable. I I feel like our genre doesn't often pull in really young characters. But when mm-hmm. it does, most of the writers are moms and they pull it off perfectly. So I don't know about, yeah. I don't know about Kate, but I'm guessing. I would guess. She knows some mm-hmm. young people for reals because she came off perfectly. Yeah, agreed. Okay. Was there, right, were you? there anyone else? Okay. So my, I kind of stopped there. I just recently, and I am not a Chris Hemsworth person, but I just recently watched one of his documentaries on the National Geographic channel. And so, and this book has oh. him and his buddies lifting weights about 24 yes. seven. So I was just <laughs> thinking of Chris. And then for our leading lady, I was thinking of Lily James because oh, yeah. she just has this, um, I don't know. She just has this intelligence and this quiet. Um, I don't know. She's almost fragile. I think she has mm-hmm. kind of a fragile. And and our main character, Jane, has been through some stuff. So mm-hmm. she, I just think she really would. Anyway, and she's beautiful. Yes. I yes. like beautiful actresses. Yes. And then Agreed. I think the author referred to Ariana Grande as uh-huh. a lookalike Parker. for Parker, who is the best friend. Which we'll mm-hmm. get into Parker later. I just loved her so much. But yeah, so I wanted yeah. Ariana Grande with the ponytail and everything and the I love it. Lashes and everything. So the whole package. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, one thing I really enjoyed about this book is that it's set in the South, in South Carolina to be specific. And overall, I felt like the South was represented shockingly well, especially because I read that Kate Watson is Canadian. So, no way. Okay, she I made mean, a Canadian reference, too, during the book. Yes, yes. Okay. I was like, what? You are from Canada, and yet you're depicting the South pretty. I mean, there were things I could relate to as a Southerner, and I even went to college in South Carolina, so I could picture this farm, orchard, that kind of thing. But what do you think about the setting and how it added to the book? Well, I have spent a little time in the South, and I have to say, I would be whining a lot more than the main character would, because she's from Chicago, so she doesn't know the kind of swimming in a warm Mm. swimming pool kind of heat that you experience down there. Is there a lot more complaining down there? Because they all seemed to be like, such a hot day, but I just kind of love it, attitude. I mean, you just kind of have to embrace it. I loved the line, I think Tripp said something about, it's like walking through soup, because... That is legitimately, (laughs) and the area she's talking about, especially in South Carolina, is so humid, but where I'm from in Alabama, it's extremely humid, and it does. It feels like you are wading through soup. There's no point in showering because you're just going to get sweaty. Right, right. You step out of the house and you're done. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel very sweet. It just felt like embracing the weather, like you said. Yeah. Um, And. Mm, we're too early for spoilers, so that's all I'll say. Uh, <laughs> we have our main character, Jane. 
I just, I loved her. I feel like she puts off a real oldest daughter energy. She is the oldest Mm -hmm. daughter. And Sarah Beth, you and I are both oldest daughters, so we get it. I was talking to my daughter about her today, and she's a middle child. And I said, (laughs) she said, they're all struggling with the same things. Like every time you have an oldest daughter being like, I'm an oldest daughter, so obviously I'm going to (laughs) be doing these things and feeling these things. And it's just funny. I feel like we get the most publicity because all of the influencers and people who are talking about themselves in public spaces are oldest daughters. Like everyone else is experiencing life pretty much the same way, but we talk about it a lot. So Jane is just, she has, she has had kind of a hard time growing up with a mom who's out to lunch a lot of the time and just basically raising her younger sister herself Mm -hmm. and has imposed some boundaries with mom, but has struggled to impose boundaries with her sister. Um, mm-hmm. so she's struggling with boundaries. Like a lot of us are in this generation trying to figure out where we end and other people begin. Um, I just loved her character arc, the way she works that through. And, and I'm loving how Trip does not just jump in and fix things for her, but yeah. she is allowed to work things out with him supporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jane definitely has a lot of baggage that we see her fighting. Like we mm-hmm. see her dealing with the impact of some really big lies that she was taught and, and fighting those lies is a huge motivator for her. Like we talked about, um, she struggled with thinking people thinking she only got where she was because of her looks. And so Mm. we see Jane refusing help over and over again to show that she is self-sufficient and capable of more than just looking pretty. But in those circumstances, she loses the opportunity to learn from others, to build a genuine community with people around her and, and to even make her work stronger Um, And and she learns that over the course of the book, but it really made me think like, I feel like a lot of times we consider the things that drive us, but do we think about the things we're fighting against and how those drive us too? like, am I ever fighting against something to an extreme? Like, do I want so badly to do something differently than I have in the past that I'm overlooking opportunities that could help me? And I felt like Jane really wrestled with that. And and it made me think about it too, which I thought was a great element of the book. I think that's where our genre can really shine because we're mm-hmm. not distracted by a lot of other things. We're able to look inside and really allow mm-hmm. ourselves to do some self-examination and some ask some hard questions about our own lives. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So thinking about the other characters, who were some of your favorites? Okay, so the best friend character, and she kind of has three best friends, but Parker is mm-hmm. the main best friend Um She's she's the tough love best friend. And there's a point in the book where Jane reaches out to her for advice and Parker gives it to her straight. It's just like, what are you doing? Don't do what you're doing. And um, she's she says, I should have reached out to one of the other girls if I wanted sympathy (laughs) and a shoulder to cry on. Parker always gives it to me straight. And she's kind of just your I don't know that I have enough people like that in my life who will just be like, you're being stupid. Don't be stupid. For sure. I I did love that element. And over the course of the novel, they have to work through some things in their relationship. And I loved getting to witness that be done in a healthy way. Um, And I also loved just, you can tell they are a group of friends who became family. Like Jane has that and Tripp has that too with, with Duke and Rusty. We just see um, kind of that found family element, which I love in books. Um, I'm really close with my family, but I love 
when you have those people in your life that you feel like you just get each other. And I love to see that played out in a story. Mm. So um, I thought it was really, there wasn't a character that I didn't like. Like I felt like all of them really added to the story in a positive way, which was fun to read it that way. And to get a little more shallow, I, I love Parker's um, relationship with makeup and heels and dresses. Mm. I, I don't know where that's going to go when she gets her own book. I hope that she's still that she's able to keep the girly girl and if there's any work that she needs to do to feel more comfortable mm-hmm. in her own skin that she's able to do that but I find that often in our genre we we always have the leading character the girl who just doesn't wear much makeup and who's kind of uh-huh. you know, wants to be barefoot and that's all well and you know we all have yeah. people like that in our lives but I I want some representation for the girls who wear false eyelashes because they're yeah. they're part of our community too. And and I think that, um, well, we just want to see them shine as well. Yeah. Now I like, I loved how they talked about it as her fortress, but also something she enjoyed. I felt like that right. gives us a lot of insight to Parker's or character. So I agree. I'm excited for her book. Yeah. So let's talk about Trip, who's our main male character and Jane. Um, just to kind of start it off myself at first, they're starting off enemies. Like we've already shared, Jane comes in to do a rebrand of his family farm hired by his grandfather. And then the grandfather passes away in the time between her getting hired and her coming to do the work. So Tripp is now in charge and Tripp would like nothing better than to fix it up quick and sell the farm because he has (laughs) some, some issues that he has not had a chance yet to work through with grandpa. So we start off with an enemy's relationship right away. And we've got some fun, witty banter between the two of them and different purposes for sure. Her Mm -hmm. mission given to her in secret from the grandpa is to make this a place where Trip will feel at home and want to stay. So she's really got her work cut out for her. I wonder if she would have even taken on that challenge, if she had had a better idea of boundaries in the first place. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of a pleaser mentality where you're like, if you want something for me, I will promise it to you whether or not I really feel comfortable taking it on. Um, but the fact that it brings her and Trip together, I feel like redeems it for me. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love Trip's, um, I love the grumpy sunshine, um, connection between them where she begins to see him warming up to her and you begin to see that he needs her in a specific way and Mm -hmm. she needs him in a specific way that she feels a need for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I loved what you said before about it wasn't that Tripp was trying to fix Jane and Jane, she wasn't trying to fix him as a person. She was trying to fulfill that secret mission she was given by Mm -hmm. his grandfather Mm -hmm. um, to help him love the farm. But um, I, I really did enjoy that. It was both of them really drawing each other out and it took trip a little bit longer, but I felt like there were some really, um, not only did they have a lot of fun together, but they connected in such a deep way. And, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I felt like they, they were gracious to each other. There wasn't, you know, for the most part, there wasn't anything quick reactions or, you know, flying off the handle, whatever. It yeah. was very just, I felt like they were compassionate with each other, which I really enjoyed as a reader. Um, what other elements do you have 
from this book. I I know the plot for me. I really liked the way it was paced and I really liked mm-hmm. the rebrand itself of the farm is something that yes. I've never thought much about. But she said at the beginning, this is not me coming in and redesigning their logo and making a better website. This is a whole mm-hmm. and I was like, what does that even mean? And so as as the book plays out, you get to learn about some of the projects they do to incorporate the farm more wholly into the landscape of the community. Mm-hmm. You find out what the strengths of the farm have been in the past and you find her building on those strengths. One of mm-hmm. my favorite elements was um, the little girl, Lottie. She's three mm-hmm. and she has some real separation anxiety, like bigger than normal for a child her age mm-hmm. because her mom left and her dad's an NFL player. And so he will leave for a couple of days on the regular and that's just kind of something she has to deal with. So we have her bonding with Jane's best, another best friend, Millie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Millie is, a, they call her and say on the phone during her first kind of tantrum and say, what would you do for a kid who has separation anxiety? And she says, get her with animals if you can. And so they do. And it's just magical. And then she's mm-hmm. on a visit. And so she bonds personally with with Lottie. So Millie and mm-hmm. Lottie start forming this bond before before Millie gets to meet dad, which I think we're going to see it. We're going to see that relationship in the next book, but mm-hmm. just really a lovely connection where she's part of the child's healing process before dad even gets boots on the ground meeting the mm-hmm. new love interest. And I think that that's just such a great organic way to build a family where the where the mm-hmm. woman has a personal relationship with the child and is part of her healing journey. It's just beautiful to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the setup for book two was really well done for sure. Um, and I agree. I thought the rebranding of the farm, it was just so fun to think about. I love seeing the community involvement. Um, just even the way they, they connected with people and asked them what they thought about it, you know, in the town and how to get other communities and connected and um, just some really cool ideas that they had in that. I also really loved how this book handled the theme of identity. Uh, for lack of a better word, we see Jane finding her place, not just at the farm, but even um, just in life, in business, um, kind of finding her confidence. And we see Tripp finding his place too. And just like Jane had believed some lies, Tripp also did. And we, we see him really come to terms with those. And it made me really sad that Tripp couldn't talk with Tag, his grandfather, about everything and see their relationship change. Like, I felt like I kind of mm. mourned with him that that opportunity was lost. But it was also really powerful to realize they didn't have that opportunity to fix it. Like, he could see things in a different way. Um, but it, it was just such – it was a great reminder to me that, you know, we know most problems with in a romance can be fixed with communication. Like, I feel like we yeah. all read those books and we're like, just talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this book was such a great reminder that communication can fix problems in any kind of relationship, like trip with his grandfather. If they had just sat down and talked about things, Jane and her friends, if they had just mm-hmm. sat down and talked about things, you know, and it's easy to say that as you're reading a book, but it did make me think about, you know, are there areas that yeah, a simple conversation could could smooth this over or make things easier or whatever the case may be. So I thought that element was really powerful too. Yeah. Yeah. I loved that as well. I love, um, when it comes to identity, I feel like so much of who we are is tied up in the land we live on. And Mm. I honestly, she wrote it so well. Um, Jane 
belongs to Chicago and Trip belongs to this farm, whether he wants to or not. And yeah. for her to have kind of a mission of helping him connect back with the land and the farm where he grew up, there's some mm-hmm. trauma there, but there's also a lot of good. And I think I identify with this so much because I bought my grandpa's farm and I'm making it wow. new by building a bed and breakfast on it. And when my family comes home to this farm, we deal with a lot of the same stuff. There's some trauma there. There's some hard things. And there are some people who've passed away. Both my grandparents have passed away. Um, for us to be able to connect with a place where we were children is healing. And it helps us to feel whole again where we've felt broken in the past. So for Trip to be able to have that journey, I think brings out what how much of us is rooted in where we have been raised. Yes, I agree. I, I loved that um, he, he was trying to prove what he could do, not realizing he didn't have to leave to do it. You know, yeah. I, I thought that was such a cool element. Um, what you're saying is reminding me of this line that my dad loves from uh, Gone with the Wind. So forgive yes. me for quoting Gone with the Wind, but I here we are. Gone but- with the Wind. <laughs> So, you know, Scarlett O'Hara's father, he says to her, do you mean to tell me, Katie Scarlett O'Hara, that Tara, that land doesn't mean anything to you? Land is the only thing in the world worth working for, worth fighting for, worth dying for, because that's the only thing that lasts. Um, And I feel like that's true. Like we all have a connection to our place. So in trip for trip, it's this orchard. It becomes that for Jane, you know, you are on your family's land. Um, Mm. You know, I feel like, at my hometown, I've always felt this connection to where I'm from, even when I didn't live here. And and there is such a unique thing about where we're raised that does connect us so deeply. And I thought it was really cool to see Tripp realize that and realize the opportunity that there was because of that in his case. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got to... I got to warn people before I get into spoilers. We, <laughs> yes. We've got some spoilers for you. Um <laughs> The first big spoiler, I think, is I I did not know literally until it was just about to happen whether they were going to stay on the farm or whether they were going to choose to go someplace. I was pretty sure they were ending mm-hmm. up together, but they do. They stay on the farm. They decide to continue to nurture the land and be nurtured by the land. And I was really, really happy about that. And I was happy that it was a surprise. It's not always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. I loved that. And spoiler Jane's company is moving to Sugar Maple, which I I kind of love that too. I love, yes. I mean, it was maybe a little too perfect that they were all ready to leave Chicago. But at the same time, I believed it. I'll go with <laughs> like that. I would, I would want to leave Chicago too. Seriously. <laughs> so reasons. I've actually never even been to Chicago. I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but it just, it sounds cold. So <laughs> it sounds cold. It sounds windy. And we've had a couple, maybe even three books in this like in this season that have been at least partially set in Chicago. But yeah, I would go for it. I would, I would be there in a heartbeat. Another spoiler. I I just love this. So she, they know that they want to be together forever and they're Mm kind of talking marriage and there's a big um, celebrity wedding coming up at the end of the season. And this celebrity wedding is really going to put their farm mm-hmm. on the map because we're done with plantation weddings. Thank goodness. But we still yes. can do a southern wedding on a farm. <laughs> so they're doing the rehearsal dinner and he surprises her. Instead, they she ends up walking down the 
<laughs> it's just so great. So she ends up walking down the aisle. Trip ends up there playing the people who should be there, but for some reason aren't there. And he ends up surprising her with her dream wedding. And yes. it's just, she's wearing the dress. That, and, and this is just comes back again to the best friends who know her so well mm-hmm. and who can just put this wedding together that is exactly perfect for her that she can walk down the aisle and have him propose and be married within five minutes. Just really so sweet. I've not seen that done before. And earlier in the book, she, I forget how it even came up, but she was kind of like, I would never want to plan my own wedding. Like, that's not what I want to do, whatever. But as she falls in love with Trip, we can tell that she's like, when that time comes, I know I'm going to want it to be perfect and be stressed out and whatever. And then it's just done for her. So I did love that. I was like, this is kind of like everyone's dream ending to a sweet romance book is they get the perfect wedding. They get the perfect wedding without having to plan the perfect wedding. I was just talking to my daughter about that today. And she was like, how did you do your wedding, mom? And I'm not sure I'm ever going to want to plan a wedding. And I was like, I will pay you to elope because (laughs) (laughs) weddings are the worst until you get to them and they're amazing. But yeah, that was just lovely. And the book, just a really lovely read. I will be reading Mm -hmm. the sequel like today because I am already in love with Lottie and Millie and Millie's Lottie's dad. I can't remember his name, but Duke, Duke, a bunch of sweethearts. And he's just, by the way, not about falling in love right now. So that'll be a fun one to watch happen. Yes, for sure. Yeah. If y'all have not picked up strawberry fields for never, you really need to check it out. We, we, both thoroughly enjoyed it. Like we were texting each other about things as we were reading it, which was really fun. So that is um, it fun. was a great book. And she, um, Kate Watson, like I said, the next one I think is called Baby Llama Drama. That one's out. And she had a Christmas novella, not exactly part of the series, but it is connected slightly that I read and it was pretty good too. So I, I really am a huge Kate Watson fan now. I think she's going to be an auto read for me. So, um, Definitely check out Strawberry Fields for Never. Baby Llama Drama has me just solely based on the title. <laughs> the I, will, I am yes. here for it. Yes. yes well, everybody, go sure. go look up Kate Watson. She's an automatic read and have fun. We're going to see you next time. Yes. Join us next time for our interview with Casey Stockton. You won't want to miss that. It was so fun to chat with her. So yeah, next Casey week, was you the best. Yes. All right. Thanks, Sarah Beth. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the Sweet Romance Podcast. Here's a shameless plug for my own sweet romance at carriemonet.com. Right now, you can get the audio edition of the do's and don'ts of dating a doppelganger for just $5. Yes, go read it. I might be biased because I edited it, but it's practically perfect. Get your own sweet romance polished to perfection by contacting Sarah Beth at sbediting.com. And come find us on Instagram for bonus content and more book recommendations. Now you can get back to reading. And so can we.